What will a sporting weekend be without controversy? From Elton Yankees to Mark Boucher, the Proteas being hammered uh, in England, or were they doing it for, for the Queen, paying their last respect? But that's not how they should have done it. Speaking of the Queen, I mean, we were deprived of the EPL matches over this weekend. That led to some of us, uh, you know, going back to memory, memory lane, uh, going back to our time. They always say, in my time, uh, you know, I had to go back and get my soccer boots and go back to the field and play for my favorite team, the Fed Cats, as we play against Sun International at our Disky Challenge League. As always, I was on the winning side, winning 5-1, that's the Fed Cats. Well, welcome to another uh, episode of Team Spirit uh, with Daniel, a.k.a. Trombis Mutuahai. We start with tennis, the youngest number one, a new league-crowned U.S. champion. His name is Carlos Alcaraz. Uh, we'll never forget about him. He's a Spaniard at 19 year old. Uh, he'll be the youngest number one uh, since uh, was it Nadal in way back in 2005. That's uh, about tennis, the U.S. Open, and then again Max Verstappen is just one victory away from clinching his second successive. World Championship. Uh, let's see what happens uh, the first or is the first or the first weekend of October in Singapore. But I think it's already in the back. On the local front, we've got Mark Boucher who has decided to call it a day as the Proteus coach. After that hammering by England in the third and decisive uh, Test match, uh, what the way to go out? Uh, but anyway, he's not out as yet. Uh, he'll only bow out after the T20 World Cup. But let's see what happens between now and then. Well, 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 Elton Yankees. Uh, last weekend we ran a story of his shenanigans in Bombella in the first week of August when the Springboks welcomed the All Blacks in Bombella Stadium, the first test match. We know about what happened in that escapade when he, had, uh, he booked the a guest house, and then did what he did. You know, as the eyes and ears of this world, you know, uh, we must give it to Peter Stein, who went all the way to Bombella to uncover what really uh, went down there. And then Springboks taking a swift action by sending him back uh, to South Africa to come and deal with his issue from, from Argentina. But that is... What we're going to have, uh, but for now, uh, welcome Daniel, welcome Trumpis, welcome the 12th man. Thank you, as always, Spirit, thanks for the coffee date. Uh, it's always nice to be on this platform with you. Today is the 14th, the 14th of September, and I want to talk about number 14. Uh, 14 is where Kaiser Chiefs find themselves in. Is this what we expected from... Arthur, when he took over the reins from uh, Stuart Baxter? Well, I think, um, and uh, correctly so, even the Chiefs supporters are not happy uh, with where they are at the moment. I mean, uh, when was the last time we see Chiefs winning back-to-back -back matches? I think where Chiefs find themselves right now, uh, it's all because of inconsistencies. And uh, naturally, this will bring some pressure on Arthur Zwani. And we see some 
some people are calling for Pizzo Musima need to come and take over. So, yeah, really, well, 50-50, surprising, not surprising that the Chiefs find themselves where they are second from the bottom. But it looks like uh, uh, for now it's finder finder. He's still not sure of his starting lineup. But there's something that caught my eye in that game against Marumo Kalans. At the end of the game, I saw his assistant, Dylan Shepard, tried to shake hand with him. I'm not sure if it's just me or uh, everybody saw that there was a bit of a snap from Arthur. Well, to quote Mark Williams, eh, you know, when it's hot in the kitchen, when it's hot in the kitchen, eh, you you feel the heat. So, yeah, I think uh, uh, what you saw is, uh, could be true. And, uh, well, from my side, I didn't really pick it up the way you did. But, um, like I said, uh, the man is under pressure and anything is possible at the moment. Was it too early for him to be given this uh, mammoth job? You know, not everyone can coach Chiefs. Stuart Baxter came second time. He didn't do it. Uh, NS Middendorp almost did it. But as we know, almost doesn't count. Kevin Hunt failed dismally. Steve Compella, five years, nothing. Uh, can Arthur make it? I, not at the moment. I think pressure is just too much for the within the current setup at Chiefs, starting with the sporting director, Keiza Mutaun Jr., going down to the field, you know, starting with the uh, technical team. Chiefs at the moment, I think they need to go back to the formula that they used when Ted Dimitri, the late Ted Dimitri, was in charge back then. Remember? They, they, they've never won in a long time when uh, Ted Dimitri took over uh, during his spell some many years ago. So I think at the moment they need uh, maybe an experienced campaigner like that. Hence I'm saying uh, what they need achieves currently is the leadership right across the sections. The technical team, they need, they need a Madala like uh, type of a thinker there to help uh, the young coaches. Also in the field of play, yes, they brought back Kune, but yeah, still, uh, leadership, the leadership aspect is still what's needed at, at the Amakosi camp. But but they do have seasoned campaigners. Look at Sfisotlanti, who's back, who spoke of uh, Kune, but the rest are just uh, newbies. I'm not sure what, what's happening with Matoho. Uh, he hasn't featured so far, I mean, getting rid of the likes of Ramatu and Patlele, look at the new centre-back now of Kunika and Ngobo. Uh, like I said, looks like a finder-finder, but I think that's a, a topic for another day. Let's talk about Orlando Pirates. Do you do you think they, they I mean, when when Jose Rivero came here, some of us called him a baluka, we called him because we didn't know him, he's a plumber. So far, what is your take on Pirates' play? Well, I think the man is living up to his promise, the promise that he made from the beginning that uh, he's not going to uh, deploy anything fancy except to put more emphasis on attacking direct football. And that's what we see, because if you are not attacking, then you don't win games. So, So for him at the moment, I think uh, the plus for him is that he's winning games Never mind uh, with whatever margin. What is crucial is that Pirates has been up there. You know, like to start at the top 
uh, unlike their rivals, Kaiser Chiefs, who are starting things at the bottom of the pile. So I think so far, so good for Jose. And um, like I said, you even look at their play. It's something that he promised when he took over that nothing fancy, but what we are going to do, just attack direct football, and he's got the players to do that. So in terms of playing philosophy, do you think he has already instilled it? Can you see it in Pirates' play? Yes, for sure. Uh, because remember, one important thing about the coaches and the players is understanding from the onset. And I think the man right at the moment, you can see that uh, somehow he's on the same page as his players because it looks like they really understand what he's trying to do. One player who uh, surprised us, I know he was under pressure, Zakelele Pasa, over the weekend against his former side, TS Galaxy, where he, he introduced himself in that Netbank Cup final against Kesa Chiefs, scoring, I'm not sure if it's a brace or it's one and a half because people are saying uh, the other one should have been an own goal. But I think it was good to see him uh, breaking his duck and being on the score sheet. Absolutely, yeah. I'm also happy for Zakele Lepasa. Remember, at one point he was out for a year with uh, that terrible injury that he sustained uh, a while back. And for someone to come back with such a big bang, it also reminds us of his potential. Because remember, this is the guy who won TX Galaxy, the NetBank Cup, when he was still there on loan from Orlando Pirates. And obviously, Injuries uh, sort of delayed his progress at Pirates and there were doubts about his future. I mean, his future. So, yeah, for him to really respond like that, uh, it, it, it really uh, bodes well with uh, what we know he's capable of. You know, because Zakele is that type of a player, an explosive player with also eye for goal. He can score from uh, any angle we've seen. Uh, during his time on loan at TS Galaxy. And it, it takes us back to the question that you asked about the coach's philosophy. So a player like Zakele Lepas, I think he fits well into that system. One club which uh, have, has not convinced so far, uh, the defending champions, my to Sundowns, they struggled against Golden Arrows. Uh, it took an own goal uh, for them to win a match. Previously, uh, against Chippa United, they scored deep in injury time to get three points. Uh, they grind in results. Do you, what, what's happening at Sundowns? You know, sometimes having all those superstars all in one basket, you know, uh, can be good and can also be bad at the same time. I think uh, the Sundowns technical team at the moment, they are a bit overwhelmed with that uh, a long list of superstar, you know, the quality that they have on the table. I think that's why also even some other teams have figured out exactly what they are trying to do and, you know, trying to counter the quality that they have with the simplest strategies. Uh, like um, you, uh, you just mentioned the arrows and, you know, how Sundowns leave it late to win games and, you know, even by sheer luck. If you go back to how TS Galaxy beat them, I mean, with all those superstars on the park, it shows you that they can be beaten and easily so. Well, now that's enough on off, off, on the field. Let's go to off the field. A big meeting called by Safa this weekend. The first NEC meeting since the elections in June. Contentious issue about the VPs. Who do you think will emerge victorious come Saturday? 
Yo, it's going to be a, a tight call on that one. And remember, you know, how uh, they operate at Safa House. Uh, being the president's right-hand man, you must be his right-hand man <laughs> in, in, in true sense of the word. Remember, like, there's that long history of uh, the fallout with all his former vice presidents because they didn't toe the line. But, uh, you know, the policeman... Uh, Mudipa, I think uh, he's well on the forefront to be part of that. But, I mean, you'll know better team spirit. Uh, uh, also within their constitutions, there are some things that needs to be cleared for the likes of Mudipa to be uh, really qualified uh, for that seat. And we know now, after what we reported in City Press as well, it doesn't look like things are well between the president and Gladden White, uh, who has always been there as one of the people who was pro the president. But yeah, I think um, while uh, it's going to be sort of a guess who's really going to occupy those two positions, because since uh, that, that other remaining position will uh, naturally go to a woman administrator as per their constitution, so... Yeah, it will be really interesting to to see who's going to occupy those slots. But it's it's gonna be really um, a tight call to make at this point. We also carried a story about uh, PSL and some of the clubs complaining that uh, they had not been paid their preparatory grant. is about five point five. This is the money that they always get ahead of the season to help them prepare for the season. How are they expected to survive if they can't get uh, simple things like uh, this grant to prepare for the season? Yeah, I think sometimes it's about the PSL itself to do things right in the eye of the public. Considering the fact that, uh, remember, people have always been complaining about uh, the business in the PSL, club selling and stuff like that. I think it, it, it all uh, goes down to... The fact that if teams can afford, um, they would really close shop because uh, without the financial assistance, uh, financial muscle, you know, no one can survive uh, out there. So I think uh, it's not good on their part, the league, to to take their clubs for, for granted if one maybe can put it that way. Because, I mean, we are already, uh, you know, some many games into the new season, the first division has already kicked off. And, you know, you can imagine these people would have needed that money to really prepare, like, uh, you know, your pre-season camp. There's also the buying of players, etc., and some other logistics, like traveling and, and, and accommodation. So sometimes it, it doesn't really help the league to do things in secret. While we see in their final financial statements at the end of it all, how much money they are making, especially from the TV rights. So, yeah, I think they they didn't start well uh, by uh, by not allocating to the clubs what they deserve to get it going this season. So as, as we wrap it uh, from the PSL to the EPL, did you miss the EPL? Or you were looted it? <laughs> hey, it's difficult these days because <laughs> you know when everything <laughs> when everything goes off, uh, when you have loaded in this side, you, you yeah you are also bound to to miss uh, sporting action. So yeah, the queen I think added uh, fuel to fire by 
you know, postponing sports this weekend, this past weekend. We need more fire to uh, propel our our minds. Uh, ESCOM needs more cold to get us warm in this warm weather. I think that's all we have for, for today. We'll keep on bringing you all the hits, misses and predictions from the sporting field. Simply visit our website, citypress.co.za, for more sporting stories and join the conversation on our social media platforms. Oh, by the way, don't forget that Daniel, the 12th man, spoke to one and only Stephen Skilo Pinar in an all-round interview in our new podcast offering, Dressing Room Chat. It's out already, so enjoy.